Hello and welcome to SAF Insights. In this series, we discuss the forces that affect the sustainable aviation fuel market. SAF Insights is brought to you by Argus Media, a leading independent provider of energy and commodity pricing information. The availability of SAF is increasing in Europe, particularly in regions like the ARA trading hub and the UK market. On the other hand, the European Union has just agreed on a provisional SAF mandate starting in 2025. So the market is building up to supply, procure and to implement SAF into its accounting system. My name is Alfonso Barocal, European Business Development Manager for Oil Products at Argus Media. And to discuss the SAF market today, we have here with us Julia Squadrin, Associate Editor for Biofuels at Argus. Hi, Julia, and welcome to this podcast. Hi, Alfonso. Thank you for having me today. Thanks to you. Julia, how is the SAF market? trading uh, today and we're starting to see some patterns developing in terms of liquidity so the soft market has been very interesting to follow recently actually um the size of the market is growing rapidly and indeed we are starting to see various patterns emerge um, so to start with, we still have three markets with mandates in place. So the first three countries to implement national mandates at the European level, uh, Norway, Sweden and France. These are the three mandated markets. But in addition to, to, to these three markets, we are witnessing a big growth in the voluntary market as well. Um, and also in the logistics space. So, for example, we have seen SAF shipped for the first time using the SEPS pipeline. So we see how infrastructures and markets are developing and growing to, to adapt to this change. And as you said, uh, gearing up to the EU mandate that will kick in, in in a year and a half time by now. So we we have these mandates, we see growth in logistics and we see growth in voluntary demand, um, which is currently driven by a few factors, including uh, airlines commitments to use a certain amount of staff in their total fuel mix by, by a certain date, depending on the, on the various commitments, but also by companies that are looking to offset corporate travel emissions and as well as by people traveling and just being more conscious about their carbon footprint. In terms of, of trade patterns and liquidity, um, we still see limited heifer volumes produced in Europe, but the share of co-processed staff has picked up and we are seeing some volumes of heifer making their way from China. And of course, there is some production in the US as well. So while there is demand from various airports and airlines across Europe, and, and of course, volumes are making their way to the mandated markets, we are definitely seeing a large share of, of spot activity taking place in, 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 in a couple of specific countries and markets, um, for example, the UK and the Netherlands at this point. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you, Julia. Obviously, uh, these two markets, UK and, and, and the Netherlands or the Dutch market, they share in common uh, the tickets. They offer tickets that can be traded to incentive the consumption of SAF. Do these tickets have an impact on, on liquidity, you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, tickets do uh, play, are, are definitely linked to this and do play a role um, uh, behind increasing liquidity in these markets. I think maybe just first taking a bit of a step back, I think it's also worth mentioning that logistics play a big part in this. So 
Amsterdam and Rotterdam, as well as UK ports, they offer an easy access to seaborne volumes, making deliveries of staff to the ports, but also subsequent deliveries to airports and into the aircraft easier. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, tickets are a big part of, of the reason why we have seen more and more activity. Um, so just to give a bit of context, certain types of stuff delivered in these two markets can generate the so-called biofuels tickets, which are specifically HBEs or renewable fuel units in the Netherlands and RTFCs or renewable transport fuel certificates in the UK. So these tickets are tradable certificates that can help obligated parties meet the national mandate for the use of renewable energy in the transport sector. And if we look specifically at the Netherlands, there's additional incentives for the aviation sector and for some types of SAF. So, for example, biofuels, including SAF, of course, delivered into the Dutch market and produced from certain feedstocks, such as used cooking oil, they can generate twice the amount of tickets. And on top of that, there is also an additional 1.2 multiplier for deliveries of biofuels produced from feedstocks other than crop into the aviation sector in the Netherlands. So you see how you can end up having more than one ticket generated for staff deliveries in the Netherlands. And the supplier in that case can choose to trade the ticket separately and basically actually offer or sell the staff at a discounted price to airlines in the Dutch market. All right. Uh, okay. Thank you. Uh, thanks, uh, Julia, for the um, for the explanation. Uh, Argus actually um, it has launched uh, FISPK price discounting uh, the value of the uh, Dutch tickets. Uh, can you explain us how this price works and where is sitting in value in comparison to the Argus Safobere outright assessment? and what end users or airlines could be interested in it. Sure. Um, so basically, as I said, in the Dutch market, deliveries of, um, of staff can generate these tickets. And our original FOB ARA range staff assessment is for UCO-based HEFA staff. And as I've just explained, this type of fuel would benefit from a two, two times multiplier for the feedstock and for from an additional 1.2 multiplier specific to the aviation sector. So we found that buyers in the Dutch market, be it in tenders or on the spot market, have often been looking uh, for offers or requesting offers from suppliers for staff uh, without the value of the tickets included. So if the suppliers are able to recover the value of the ticket elsewhere, simply by trading these tickets in the market, then they are able to offer volumes at lower prices when they deliver the staff volumes into the Dutch market. And of course, this is attractive for airlines who are then it just simply means that they're able to secure sub volumes at a lower cost and the discount can be pretty significant. So just to give you an example, uh, we launched the assessment at the end of March. And since then, the FOB ARA SAF price, excluding the value of the Dutch tickets, so discounted of the tickets, has been around $930 cheaper on average than the FOB ARA assessment, including the tickets value. And of course, that spread can vary depending on how expensive these tickets are in the market. And at the moment, they are relatively cheaper. They've been on a downward trend. So potentially, should the value of a ticket increase, you could see a bigger spread between a staff price with and without tickets. 
But, you know, even with the 930 discount on, on average so far until March, you can see how this would make a more attractive market for airlines to, to purchase staff volumes. And uh, in addition to the Dutch market, it also offers a valuable comparison for international trade, although these tickets are generated specifically for deliveries mm -hmm. into, into the Dutch market. And I mean, this price is, is simply calculated by deducting the values of the tickets and the relevant multipliers from the original assessment, which we've launched, I think, back in 2020 now. And it's produced, this, the original assessment is produced through a market survey approach. So we collect data points, deals, bids, offers, spreads from the market. And we also assess the tickets prices on a daily basis. So we combine these two market-led assessments and just offer this extra calculation as a reference point for the Dutch market or for international trades looking at this reference. All right. Okay. Uh, clear, clear, Julia. Thank you so much um, uh, for the uh, for the explanation. This price pretty much it seems like uh, a neat value of SAF, including supply demand fundamentals uh, before the uh, incentive. And finally, Julia, to to wrap up the podcast, what's your opinion uh, in the mandate agreed by the European Union and the Parliament? Do you share some views that this uh, mandate draft may lack of ambition, at least in the short term? Well, that, that, that's a good question. So I think, first of all, I think it's great news for the industry that a provisional agreement was reached. It's been a long time coming, a lot of negotiations and back and forth. So it's uh, it's really good for the industry to start having some sort of more defined framework um, because the mandate is going to kick in in 2025 and there is really not that much time to to prepare. So what has been provisionally agreed is um, a 2% soft share by 2025, growing to 6% in 2030, and then jumping up to 20% in 2035, 42% in 2045, and 70% in 2050. So, um, and, and on top of that, we have a sub-target for synthetic fuels, which include renewable fuels of non-biological origin, or RFNBOs, um, and uh, or or such as renewable hydrogen and, and e kerosene or synthetic stuff. And these targets for synthetic fuels they start from 1.2% in 2030, uh, growing to a 35% share by 2050. So if you look at the short term, the EU's target of 6% stuff by 2030 does look less ambitious than the proposed UK 10% target by the same date by the end of the decade, and also the US. SAF Grand Challenge initiative that was released by the Biden administration in 2022, um, which aims to expand domestic SAF produ production to 3 billion um, US gallons a year by 2030, which would account for around 10% uh, SAF blend. Um, so, you know, you have these two 10% uh, provisional targets at the moment in the UK and the US. So the 6% in Europe would look uh, lower, but at the same time, we do see an exponential growth after 2030. So, you know, as I said, 20% by 2035, it's already, you know, a much higher target compared to the 6%. And then after 70% by 2050, it's quite, it's quite ambitious after that. So, yeah, I mean, in a way, you do see higher targets in, in other regions uh, for the 2030 mark specifically. But I think maybe some of the thinking behind um, the way that these have been set up is also to allow 
the industry the time to scale up capacity realistically to meet these obligations, especially for for e-fuels, if you consider there is no real commercial production of synthetic stuff at the moment, um, just with the exception of some small pilot plants. So if you if you look at a 6% target by 2030, and we have our consulting team has estimated uh, that demand of around 68 million tons for the EU by the end of the decade. So we'd be looking at around 4 million tons of stuff to meet the obligation and European capacity based on currently announced projects is going to grow to nearly 3 million tons by 2028. But then if you look at a 20% share of stuff by 2035, and again, our consulting team has estimated a 72 million ton jet demand by then, and that would translate to nearly 15 million tons of stuff needed to meet just the European uh, target. So you see how it does scale up after that. So um, I think, yeah, the industry needs the time to, to um, scale up capacity and, and focus on the synthetic side. But, you know, whether it's um, ambitious enough or not, I think, you know, there have been a lot of discussions, been a long negotiating process. So um, the feedback from the industry has been quite positive in at least having something a bit more more firm, you know, so that they can start gearing up and, and getting things in, in place and in order to really start meeting these obligations in uh, just a year and a half, basically. Okay, uh, thank you very much, Julia, for sharing your knowledge with us today. And thank you all for tuning in. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to uh, listen for the other episodes in our series, uh, SAF Insights. And for more information on Argus global coverage of the sustainable aviation fuel market, please visit argusmedia.com forward slash SAF. Thank you all and stay safe. Thank you.